Welcome to Seven Figures. I'm your host, Sandy Waters. Seven Figures is presented by Family First Credit Union, local financial products and services designed with you in mind to help you and your family save and spend smarter. Thank you for making time to listen to the podcast again this week. Thanks for giving us a review and a rating on iTunes and sharing the podcast with friends. We all generally have the same financial goal in mind. We want financial freedom. We want to be able to retire. We don't want to stress about how we're going to pay that next bill or that surprise expense. Now, the way we get there is a little different for everyone. Yes, there are some common themes you'll pick up on with each new episode, but we have our own interpretation to the way we budget, to how we manage our money. And I think it's important to learn from each other, to get ideas from other couples. So that's what we're going to do today. Hopefully, you'll find something that may work for you. I invited my husband to join the podcast, Mike Danger, who hosts a sports show on ESPN Rochester with his partner, Gene Battaglia, who's here with his wife, Julie. Hello, Sandy. Hi, Sandy. Our relationship with money starts in our childhood, right? Danger, you and I grew up very differently. And you have to admit, that's pretty much why I assume the bulk of the responsibility with the family budget. Yeah. When it comes to the managing of the finances, I'm the first to admit it's not my strength. It's nothing that I was raised uh, on. It's nothing that I learned as a kid. And by the way, I think this is like a bigger issue when your your kids are in high school. They don't learn about one of the most important things that they're going to be judged on as they grow in life, how to manage money, how to acquire money, how to work hard for money and what to do with that money once you make it. So I was never I was never taught that. Growing up, my parents were not good with money. Um, I didn't come from, you know, I didn't have I didn't have a lot of nice things growing up. I didn't have, you know, we weren't wealthy. Um, they did what they could, but their idea of managing money was, all right, well, we balanced a checkbook for the week, for the uh, month and uh, we're good. Moving on. And that's it. There was no long-term vision. There was no uh, investing in, in the future. None of that. So all that being said, Meeting somebody like Sandy, who does have this background with with a family who is diligent about what they do with their money and how they spend it and where it goes and where it gets invested. I wasn't allowed to make mistakes. I'm I'm going to <laughs> default to the person who has the experience and learn along the way. And I feel like I have learned a lot. I've learned a lot by being married to Sandy and absorbed a lot from being exposed to her dad and his beliefs and his philosophies on what to do with money. And and it's all positive. It's all good. It's all part of growth as a human. And, and we're all just works in progress. Um, I don't fault my parents for not teaching me any of this stuff. I wish I would have known more, but we didn't have the means for me to learn more. So, Which a lot of people are in that situation where you're not taught it in school. Your parents might not be the best with the finances too. So that's why we do this podcast actually is to give you all the information that you need to be able to dominate your finances no matter where you are. So there are some people who are listening right now with just a crazy amount of debt, which you had a lot of debt when I first met you. Yeah, well... Like everybody, I got the credit card application sent to me as soon as they could start sending them to you. And uh, I might be a little bit of an anomaly. I moved out of the house when I was 17 years old. I was still in high school, but I bet on myself and I told myself that I was going to, you know, I'll pay my way. I'll pay my rent. I'll pay my gas. I'll pay my car payment, my insurance, everything. I'll make the money that I need to make in order to 
be on my own and I held myself accountable in that regard. But you realize as you get older, you want to start acquiring things that you can't, you know, have an apartment and not have uh, a couch or uh, a bed or whatever you might need. That eventually the stuff that you had from when you were a kid no longer is acceptable. And in making those kind of purchases, uh, a new computer, oh, I need to get a new car. Uh, those were all things that eventually caught up to me. And yeah, I you know, amassed a pretty good amount of debt. I want to say. Do you remember how much? At one point I was, I, I want to say it was like somewhere in the ten to $15,000. Which debt. isn't really, if you think about I it. Didn't, I didn't do college, sound, so I didn't have no. a student yeah, loan. You know, like I, I sympathize those who have student loans that are paying off student loans well into their adult years for college. Um, I, I didn't. I, I went to college for a little bit and realized that the, the both a commitment in time and in finances that it wasn't going to be for me. It, you know, I wasn't able to put forth the time and energy towards that kind of an investment. And I knew that it was going to be a financial investment and a time investment. And I wasn't, wasn't willing to make that, uh, take that gamble. So I bailed, I bailed as soon as I could and, you know, didn't allow myself to get into any kind of serious college debt with student loans, but I did acquire debt through credit cards and finance companies. I like to think that I was your aha moment that turned your life around, but it wasn't because you all of a sudden got a huge bonus at work and a huge promotion and now you're out of debt. You just tweaked a few things and now you're financially successful, right? Yeah, well... I mean, really, more than anything, to get me out of debt was it was consumer credit counseling yeah, service. I which mean, they've that, been on it's a it's a great service, and and for anybody that is in debt, if you're not doing the legwork, I mean, really, it's simple. It's a matter of just collecting your statements, showing them what you owe. They take your statements, they manage uh, a cheaper uh, rate, financial rate, um, interest not financial rate. interest rate. I'm sorry, and see, this is what I'm talking about. Like, this isn't stuff that was taught to me in school. Yeah. I'm still learning every day. So the interest rate gets shrunk down to, to like next to nothing. They negotiate with. With the, the, yeah, with the creditors, and you're able to make a, 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 a easy monthly payment that wipes out your debt um, fairly quickly. So, you know, that was a huge, huge step in the yeah. right direction towards getting out of debt. Yeah. Okay. So now, what is your background, the both of you? How did you... Well, I to- think we got married, and life is good. before you met, did you grow up talking about finances in the house? No. No? No. Did you? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, so not the at only all. one that my dad pontificated no. about finances. Nope, nope. I mean, I, I mean, I observed. I yeah. mean, my parents were very careful with money and didn't, okay. didn't live outside my means. And I like to think that's where I, I get it from. No, when we got married, I was working a good job, kind of part time in radio. But did you have Julie, a lot of debt at that point? No, no, I oh. did. No, Julie. Oh, had. I had the I had the school loans. And how much do you remember how much it was? About 10,000. Okay. But compared to what kids are coming out of college with nowadays, yeah, back then it seemed like a lot. It, yes, right, well, it, yeah. yeah. So Julie, at the time, it's hard to think of her now, but she's working a job as a corporate. Have you seen the George Clooney movie Up in the Air? Mm-hmm. No. Well, she was kind of like that, a corporate killer, and we just had Allie, and she was miserable. Julie was, and she said, "I can't do this anymore. I am don't oh. want to be working anymore. I want to so be wait home a minute, with you were the dog. breadwinner." She you was were in ma- radio, well, so I'm well, assuming. So we were like 50-50 at that we were point. Pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty much 50-50. 50-50. So that point, everything kind of shifted to me. Like, okay, I'm going to be doing this. So where do I get it from where I got to work all the time and everything? Because I know we have a budget to yeah. hit every month. And it changes your 
your vision on life a little bit when I, I don't want that stress of having to figure out. Nobody wants that stress of having yeah. to figure out how to pay a bill here or there. So that was kind of our, I don't know, division of labor, I guess, you know, where you're well, home with Allie was, and then. Yeah, that was yeah. more of the negotiation we made when I left my job. I was. How, how hard much was that decision? It's it a huge was risk. Um, a lot of turmoil was going on my job at that point uh-huh. and they moved me home. So I was basically working from home, but I was taking my daughter to daycare. Mm. So it was very weird so you're paying feeling. For daycare I'm paying for daycare, you're... but I'm still sitting at home, and it didn't feel right. Just mm-hmm. and there was a lot of turmoil, a lot of uh, restructuring going on in my company. Basically, they were telling me that I needed to work more hours. I had just had my kid, and I was like, you know, I'm just not feeling it right now. I just want to. F- Time is too short to miss with her. So we sat down. And we looked at everything, where we can cut cost, what we can do. Um, we looked at the budgets. And, and that's, that's what a lot of people say is you you don't know, and you probably, this happened to you too, you don't know what you really have until you write it down. You have to have that clear picture. And it's a pain in the butt. Nobody really wants to go through it. Mm-hmm. And how much daycare was yeah. a huge chunk out of my paycheck. That's step one then. That okay. was yeah. a huge step. At that point in time, when you said, okay, I'm, we're going to have one income, did you still have a lot of student loans that you were trying to pay off? No, by that point, we had paid that off. Just so, before we had yeah. kids. Yeah. We paid it off. Okay. Was there any trick to paying that off or any advice you can give to those who are struggling with student loans? Or did you just, just get you rid just- of it as soon as possible? That's all it was. It was, and there's no big celebration thing in the mail that says this is paid off. It was, Why not? No, it's like, yeah. <laughs> the band doesn't show up at no, the front door? No, that doesn't happen. So, but, uh, and someday when my mortgage is paid off, I'm sure there's not going to be a, you know, a thing of roses or whatever, but Danger I'm looking for that. Yeah. The band. yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you had zero debt. Zero you debt. just college loans. I had college loans. Now, wait, at home, when you were growing up, were you frugal? At, did you watch your parents penny pinch or were they lavish spenders? They were paycheck to paycheck, but somewhat above their means. So oh, okay. I could see that, which is why um, I got the loans to begin with. I mean, I went to MCC, paid off my college. But then when I wanted to go away, I needed to do it on my own. The other thing that I think is important to mention, and I don't know, you know, you've done a lot of these podcasts for seven figures and, and, um, I don't know if this has ever come up, but I really, really think it's important that you get your life and your finances in order before you have kids. I mean, you mentioned that you got every, you got your debt paid off before you had kids. Can you imagine like if, if, if. You know what? What life is like when you have kids? When you ha- start having kids, you don't realize how expensive it is yeah. to have children, to provide for a ch- for a child. And, and if you're if you're having kids and you don't have the means to support that, I and mean, you're setting yourself up to be put in a hole early on. Okay, so because a lot of people debate that, will you ever be financially ready for kids? Because kids will suck you dry. So it might be a challenge for some people to wait till they're fully out of debt in order to start having a family. I don't know if it's fully out of debt. I just think it's a matter of having, you know, G mentioned having a budget, you know, Ah. know your budget, know what you can and can't spend money on and don't spend money on things that you can't afford. I mean, if, you know, the old, what's the old rule? If you can't pay for it in cash, then don't buy it. I mean, you know, that, 
be realistic with that and and be realistic with what you see on that bottom line and know, okay, yes, we are in a place as a couple where financially we can't afford to have children. But I think it's I think too often um, kids get brought into this world when there's no plan behind how we're going to pay for this giant responsibility that we now have in our lives. You have to think long term and future. And a lot of people don't. It's not. Fun. It's more fun to just spontaneously go shopping. Um, how do you set your budget? We have one sheet per month. Julie knows it. It's called Bataglia Monthly Expenses. And all it is is an a spreadsheet. Oh, you go mortgage. to spreadsheet, right? Yeah, mortgage, okay. gash, ba 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 like 15 Excel. categories. Yeah. And I know I need X dollars for that month. Then anything above and beyond... Let's say she just got back from Vermont. Okay, I'm going to ask her, okay, give me all your Vermont receipts. I don't ever say, Julie, don't spend this, but you got to tell me. So I don't look at the credit card bill. I already okay. know. I already know. So, like, I know at the end of the month, okay, we have a little extra. What do we so want to do with do this? how much do you allow yourself to spend extra? Well, that question comes at the end of the month. Okay. So if if I realize, okay, we – and so we have our set – finances or say yep. after we're done with this podcast we're going to go out to dinner okay that was a an extra expense i'm going to put on the spreadsheet and then at the end the money that comes in between her jobs and my 20 jobs will add it up and then if we have a little extra okay what do we want to do with this do we want to put a little extra to the 529 do we want to pay a extra payment on our, our yeah. mortgage or pay yeah. off the car, which we did. We did. Yeah, we, we paid, paid off, off both your cars. cars. Yeah. Both cars are paid off. The minute you pay off your car and you get that statement that says, okay, zero balance, you're done. How freaking awesome does that feel? Yeah. I can't imagine what it feels like for your mortgage. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's why like, we're going to show up at your house with a band. Yeah. <laughs> How many years we got left? Well, I think that, that when you get a mortgage, you know, you I think a lot of people just view it as, all right, it's a 30-year mortgage. I'll be paying for this for the next 30 years instead of really thinking, all right, well, let me figure out when a good time to refinance could be and go through the legwork of turning that 30 year into a 15 year. And how can we make this more manageable? And how, wow, realistically, we could have this paid off in 15 years instead of 30. We just cut our payment time. And, and maybe if we apply a little bit more, 15 years becomes 10 years. And then the next thing you know, you don't have a mortgage, but and again, that takes a little bit of discipline and it takes a little bit yeah. of extra burnt calories to you know, do the research and do the, the paperwork that comes with all of that. But you don't need a huge paycheck in order to tackle this kind of debt that we're talking about, right? Because you tackled your debt with the help of CCCS of Rochester. No, I think you need you just need discipline, yeah. it, like anything in life. If you have discipline, discipline equals freedom. And if you have the discipline to you know, be smart with your money and how you spend and your expenses and what you're saving and what you're you're applying your finances to, then you, you will eventually find yourself in a better in a better space financially. You mentioned the 529 plan and we're just starting the 529 plan. We were saving in other ways for the kids colleges. Mm-hmm. Is that very important to you guys? Yes. Well, to me, it is. And I, I know what Julie went through, um, you know, in college having, you know, you had what your you, they were threatening to kick you out one year or something oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Mercer so, like, really? kept calling me because the loan was approved, but it hadn't gone through. 
So the bursters would call me like on a daily basis and saying, oh, we're going to kick you. Oh, I was in Bowling Green, Ohio. I'm like, where am I going? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going anywhere. I wasn't too worried. I knew the loan was eventually going to come through. I knew I've gotten approved. They just hadn't gotten it on time. Okay. And the 529 plan, just in case you're not familiar, it is a government based program. The 529 New York plan is what we should do here in New York. Um, But there's plans for different states. And it, it kind of acts as a 401k, um, but you're never taxed on that money. No, what you're, you're taxed going in, but coming Tax out. Taxed going in, but yeah, not but coming out. Not coming out. And in New York State, correct me if I'm wrong, Standy, that is not counted as gross income. It still right. counts on your bed. So. so it helps you. You're right. 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 Yeah. That helps you in, in areas, too. And then with anything, you can use it with any kind of higher education. You can even pass it down. If one kid decides not to go to college, you can pass it down to another kid. If that kid decides not to go to college, you can pass it down to grandkids. So in any kind of course that can uh, be under the umbrella of education, you can use that for. Yeah. I mean, at some point, our daughter's a freshman in high school, and I'm going to sit down with her and say, here's the plan. And this is how, I mean, I'm not going to be like my parents where I to this day, I don't know what my mom and dad's plan is after they're gone. I mean, I know some things, but yeah. I want my daughter to understand this is how I manage my finances, learn from this. And by the way, you have a head start for college. Let's figure out how we're going to do the rest of it here. But at least we have a start here. And I don't know where she's going to go to school. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but oh, it is something that... Did you set a cap of how much you're going to save for the kids? No. No. no, we you just do whatever saving? we can. Well, yeah, we're doing whatever we can. We've sa- we started saving when they were born. Yeah. As soon as we got those. Oh, we're setting a cap. We're yeah. like, we cannot wait to hit that finish line so we can start putting that money in our own pockets. Right? Absolutely. Well, we just don't know how much college is going to be in four years from now. Well, I mean, see, he no. could look. I mean, if she goes to a private school, she'll go to public school. I mean, we just don't Are you gonna know. going to try to cover the full bill? Yeah. As much as possible. Yeah, I mean, I want to be that guy. I... In my previous life, I moderated a lot of these financial conversations. And if I might say, there's a common theme that financial planners would say. And Julie said this to me the other day. I'm like, that didn't come from you. That came from some financial planner. (laughs) True. It's very true. um, There is such a thing as an education loan, but there's no such thing as a retirement loan. There's also a thing that you don't get as much commission on a 529 as you do as an annuity. So I just look at where the financial planner is coming from as long as I can pass that on to my kids, mm-hmm. that's the best thing. I don't need to give them some big nest egg, but I need to set them off on the right ship when they go off and live their adult lives. That's the way I look at it. Now, five twenty nine plan they can only use for education. Are you saving for them in other areas, no. or that's no. it? Just no. I'm going to help you Just with your education. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm not promising them anything. You know, whatever. I'm, when, when I'm long off this planet, whatever it is, it is. But at least you know. So what's, I love that though too. That you you know like. Parents really could do a better job of teaching their kids the value of money, the value of a dollar, because I think in the world that they live in now where and we just went through this the other night with our 13 year old, uh, you get an iTunes gift card for your birthday and it's a $25 iTunes gift card, but you look at it and you don't see it tangibly as $25. You see it as a credit card that you can apply on your phone to whatever you want to buy, whether it be an app or a song or a movie, but you don't realize that once the money is gone, it's gone. And 
you know, you can't just come up with money without working for it, without earning it, without, you know, realizing what the value is and what you're spending. And, and you know, we, we got to do it with our daughter the other night. She wanted to watch a movie that was conveniently on uh, Apple TV and she wanted to rent it for four ninety nine. And I said, well, where are your iTunes gift cards from your birthday? I spent it already. What did you spend it on? I spent it on songs. I'm like, that's dumb. We work at a radio station. We can get you any song you want, any time you want, but you went and spent it. So your entire iTunes gift card now is blank, and you want to rent a movie for $4.99. We're not renting a movie for $4.99. You're not dipping into your account to pull $5. No, that's not how it works. That money is gone, and this is a lesson. But it's, it's good that they're making these mistakes young. I mean, you want them almost as long to, as they learn from it, as long as it resonates with them. That's the thing with, well, with yeah, my you, kids. I don't know if they ever like I, sometimes I <laughs> just think I'm talking and they just hear blah, blah, blah. I'm the Charlie yeah, Brown teacher. <laughs> Our 13 year old does. She's like, oh, no, daddy's going to talk forever. Like, OK, don't worry. He's always trying to teach you a lesson, honey. But it is good to have them make their little stumbles when you're there to pick them up and teach them, right? That's why there needs to be conversations like you guys are having with your kids. Yeah. We've talked to Kyle when he lost his second neck guard. I bought the first one, but the second one, he took it out of his allowance. I mean, that was not, you know, it's his responsibility. We started that, the allowance, too. That's the other thing. The chores and the allowance. Okay, I was going to ask you that. Mm -hmm. Are you a big believer in allowances in, in pay for chores? It's it's different than when we grew up. I mean, honestly, maybe I sound old-time-ish. And if it was this is our radio show, this is where Dunter <laughs> would hit the Charleston. Well, back in my day, we <laughs> yeah. we worked for everything. I would cut the lawn. but I worked of, in the coal mines at age six. <laughs> I mean, our kids... What, they, I mean, I was just happy to go down and get a candy bar when I was a kid. Honestly, <laughs> they get whatever they want. But when they want the above and the beyond... I put it down, you know, on paper. You agree to do these chores, and you're not getting your five bucks here at the end of the, you know. And to them, five bucks is a big deal. So, we're going back and forth with debating on. She gave us a list of chores, possible chores she could do, and the value of each chore. And she wants us to pick and choose what we pay her to do. I go, ah, 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 ah. We have a contract. We're going to make her interview with us. Yeah, she needs to interview before we hire her for the job. Oh no, we have a contract. We do have you? a contract for each child. These are the chores you have to do daily. Three chores that you have to do daily. Two of the chores, uh, there's five chores. Three that are daily, two that are weekly. And if you do not do these chores, you will not get your allowance. And they sign the contract. So what's, how much is the allowance worth? Five bucks. Five bucks a five week. Bucks a week. Five dollars at the end of the week for five chores? That's, yeah, that's it's a, a dollar a chore. It's a good deal. Oh my God, my kids would laugh at that. Right? Really? Hey, they don't care. Money. They just want some money. Somewhere. They want oh money. Oh my God, where our kids are too small. No, I like that lesson because think about that. When you come, that's what ha- that feeds into the entitlement that this generation continues yes. to get labeled with. They come out of school and they expect that they're going to make a six figure income okay. immediately instead of paying some dues. Oh. And, you know, it's tough. It's You're not easy. absolutely right. But the kid down the street gets 15 bucks. I don't care. I don't care what on. the. Well, are we going to be the parents to give $5 per tooth? No. Okay, well, for the, see, you gave $5 the last That's because that was all that was in the house. That was all I yeah, could I know, muster but, up. But, well, like, sometimes we forget. Forget. The, the, well, we used to forget all the time. Oh, daddy had too much to But it's usually a dollar or two. So, tooth fairy, I mean, why would I, I do a dollar or two? I want her to babysit. I want her to go out and work. Like, chores to me feels like you live here. You should be helping out. 
You yeah. should assist the family in in keeping the house tidy and organized in a whatever. I feel like I want her to babysit like I was doing at 12 years old and make my own money. It's not like that anymore, unfortunately. Kids are so spoiled and our <laughs> kids are definitely spoiled. Um, okay, what is the biggest financial lesson than you're trying to teach your kids? Is that it? Working for their money? Yeah, budget. Budget. Money in, money out. So many people, I mean, no, the credit card bill should not be a surprise. And how am I going to pay this? You already know a month in advance. And if there's a problem, you know, and and when it comes to the holiday time, we actually in advance set a holiday budget. Oh, do you? Yeah. Every year. Every year. By the way, can you give me the budget? I've been asking you how many times. Wow. (laughs) I do have the budget. I gave it to you already. We can break it down right now. Yeah. So (laughs) what do you give each kid with the budget? One was it three? Last it's year? it's yeah. about three hundred yeah. each kid. Okay, that sounds average. Uh, sometimes we go over a little. I think it was we three. Don't, yeah, if we're not sweating I mean, we're it not. down to the penny, but at least if we get it in the ballpark. And we try you, to devise up the gifts about the same amount. What is your defined why? What is your goal? Because I think that's when you and I, right? When we we just gotten married and we decided. We, we need to have a conversation about the future. What's our future going to look like? What is it? You know, how much money do we need to save? What, what is, is goal? the goal? And that was our aha we, moment. We, if you don't trust your partner in in life, then you're going to have a hard time with your finances. You have to be able to trust that person and know that you're both on the same page. We both read a book uh, when we first got married that was, you know, basically it was the basics of how to, you know, how to budget how to budget how to live wealthy i mean you know like how to get to a point in your life where you can realistically say yeah anything that i want to do at a certain point in my life i'll be able to do if i want to retire at this age i can do it if i follow these kind of simple rules you know pay yourself first before you pay anybody else make sure that you're saving everything that you so you read this book and we use it as kind of like a guideline for uh, an outline for what we wanted to do financially and we just kind of stuck with it through the course of time. I don't know if I read the book all the way through. I, I think either. I got maybe like halfway through. You have through. that problem just like you look through books. Yeah, I just kind of oh. grace. Yeah. I, you know what I do? I don't really read them. I just spend time with them. Yeah, I spend time with the books. Um, anything else that you want to, any financial nuggets or any tips? One takeaway? If you're going to take away anything, you know, have a plan, have a goal, write it out, make sure it's clearly defined in your head, stick to it, and then Hustle. Keep working. I mean, you know, one of the things I admire about Gene is that hustle. The fact that yeah. there's there's always something going on. There's always money coming in. Um, that's a work ethic that's missing in a lot of people. And um, it's it's a great wiring to have. And, and you know, the thing that I appreciate about you is the the discipline of knowing we're going to save this amount every month. This is our budget. This is where it's going. We're managing your, you you know, you do a great job of managing the finances as they're coming in. And it's put us in a position where the the future is bright, regardless of what happens um, with our income in the future. And it doesn't matter how much you make. Again, the general, what you spend, it's what you spend. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy. That's right. I would be lost without you. Just say Thanks, that. Andy. I would be lost without you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
I don't know why it's so hard for him to say that. Okay, next week on the podcast, recovering from a divorce, uh, sometimes you're forced to reinvent yourself to get back on your feet. We're going to help you out next week, inspire you to press on and regain your financial stability. Next week on the 7 Figures Podcast. As always, thank you so much for subscribing to the podcast and giving us a review on iTunes and a rating and uh, checking us out on rochesterbuzz.com. If you ever have any topics for the show, reach out to me anytime, Sandy at RochesterBuzz.com. And now it's time for our favorite part of the podcast Father Knows Best, my dad's two cents. You've heard it over and over again money doesn't make you happy. Well, I say that it can. In addition to providing for your needs, it gives you the opportunity to help others. What's more satisfying and fulfilling than the feeling you get from knowing that you were able to help someone in need, lift someone else up, 